Welcome back to the Various and Numerous podcast, a Briar, B-R-Y-E-R dot I-O production. We're available on a ton of platforms um, over at Anchor, Spotify, Google Podcast, uh, the whole lot. So check us out over at one of those uh, platforms, also available on YouTube.com under the channel name uh, Pittsburgh Hodler. That's Pittsburgh, H-O-D-L-R. Uh, you can find the podcast over there as well. Special thanks to our sponsors, and I'll go through that list here quickly. Vinxcoin is the world's first decentralized, fine French wine and vineyard-backed security token offering where anyone can be a fine French wine and vineyard owner from the comfort of their home. Vinx removes high-cost entry to the fine and French wine vineyard ownership markets. Check out Vinxcoin at Vinx. Coin.com. That's V-I-N-X-C-O-I-N.com. Trios. What is Trios? Trios is an economy and an ecosystem. Trios is direct reference to the decentralized money that will power a new economy. In the future, the term Trios will become synonymous with cryptocurrency and virtual financial assets, their payment methods, their ecosystem, and their general use as both a utility and store of value. The TRIOS economy and ecosystem have been designed to operate upon concepts of universal consensus anchored to the stable price of gold, which effectively removes volatility from the cryptocurrency marketplace, one of the biggest existing obstacles to cryptocurrency mass adoption. Visit TRIOS.io. That's T-R-E-O-S dot I-O. Charon Coins, you found the brick-and-mortar financial institution where you can safely trade dollars for Bitcoin, USD to BTC, over-the-counter OTC, and person-to-person. We facilitate transactions of all sizes, including high-volume transactions. Their headquarters is located in Milwaukee, servicing the MKE areas of Lakefront East Side, River West, and all of Wakazi County. More than just being... Uh, an OTC location. They're here to educate you on Bitcoin, wallets, blockchain, cryptocurrency, security, and platforms. If you're in the Milwaukee area, you can also use their Bitcoin ATM. And more locations are coming shortly. Visit C-H-A-R-O-C-O-I-N-S. That's charoncoins.com. Bitcoin SOV. Bitcoin store value is an emerging community-driven product project that is decentralized a decentralized team the world over it is a proof of work mineable erc20 and has a deflationary design with token burns to ensure your value is stored over time check out their site where they're working on all sorts of interesting stuff this project is completely decentralized across the world over at btcsov.com lucho paletti is a digital artist and self-described propagandist Uh, Known for his iconic Bitcoin artworks, Lucho's number one goal is to spread the message that Bitcoin is better money. Check out LuchoPoletti.com. That's L-U-C-H-O-P-O-L-E-T-T-I.com. Bitcoin XRC is not a fork of Bitcoin. It is a new crypto asset, simple and transparent with long-term vision. With a long-term vision for investors and scarcity to help drive its value, there will only ever be 2.1 million XRC. Check out their project at BitcoinRH.org. Flashcoin is a reinvention and a new sponsor of uh, the uh, Various and Numerous podcast. Uh, It's a reinvention of Litecoin, built to scale for the worldwide commerce and fast enough to handle everyday transactions. It's extremely fast. I've used it many times myself. 
They also have a really nice wallet where you can uh, get in there and interact with merchants all over the world and see where they're selling their goods from. I really, really like what they're doing. The flexible and easy to integrate core code allows exchanges and wallets to add Flash to their platform within hours. With a settlement time of around five seconds and a consensus within two minutes, anyone or anywhere can use the Flash mobile wallet as easily as cash or with credit or as a credit card. Visit Flashcoin, that's F-L-A-S-H, coin, C-O-I-N, dot I-O. And remember, anything on this podcast is not financial advice and should not be interpreted as such. You are the captain of your own ship and are in control of your financial sovereignty. You steer your own way and do it at your own peril. Always do your own research. Thanks for listening to the uh, Beers and Numerous podcast, uh, and I really appreciate your time today. Check out our website for all of the um, all of the li- all of the podcasts uh, and ones that you maybe haven't checked out yet. Thanks a lot. Here's today's episode. Welcome to episode eight of the Viries and Numerous podcast. Today's guest is Rebecca. Many of you, I'm sure, know her as I Make Lemonade on Twitter. She has close to 10,000 followers on there. She's a, a great benefactor to the crypto community, co-founder of Blockchain in the Berg, Litecoin proponent for a long time now. We'll find out how long. Litecoin Foundation volunteer and uh, Crypto Campfire podcast coordinator. So thank you for coming on the show today. Thank you for having me. I'm happy to be here. Absolutely. Thanks for coming on. It's uh, I've known you for like, um, I don't know, maybe two years, something like that. We've been yeah, probably Twitter f- friends. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's I've been talking a long time. Yeah, it's it's been a while now. So I always like, I guess I'll start in the beginning here. Um, today is March 5th, 2020 and Bitcoin is just under $9,100. I'm going to start adding that into every episode for posterity reasons. Good. So somebody's watching the, in the future, they can see how early we still were to this, even 11 years in. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> yeah. So where did you, uh, I always start in the beginning of everyone's story. Where, where did you grow up? So I grew up in a rather small town called Johnstown, Pennsylvania. Um, I, it was like a mini Pittsburgh back in the day when the steel mills were still up and running. Um, Bethlehem Steel was a huge corporation. And then in the 80s, as we know, all that manufacturing went away, mm-hmm. um, and Johnstown never really recovered, where Pittsburgh has recovered greatly, but it took a long time for that to happen. So um, went to school at Penn State University and um, been in Pittsburgh for like 11, 12 years now. That's something I didn't know about you. You're a Nittany Lion? I am, yeah. <laughs> oh, I didn't, I didn't know that. I thought about going to Penn State. I went to Ohio State. Yeah, I'm, I've right. always been kind of a Penn State fan. I've always been a Penn State fan, though. I always like Penn State a little bit. That's, That's cool. cool. I like yeah. that we're the Big Ten together. Yeah. Great rivalry, yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's definitely a, a, a brotherhood or whatever, Big yeah, Ten brotherhood. For sure. Nice. <laughs> so what did you study at Penn State? Uh, early childhood education. <laughs> oh, okay. All right. So you wanted to be a teacher. Yeah, I, re- I did. I really wanted to. Um, and I got out of school. I had my son. I never got a full-time job teaching and mm-hmm. I had to switch careers. I got divorced and I had to make money. So um, now I buy nuclear power plant components. Oh, okay. Very nice. I don't know anything about that business, but I'm sure it's super interesting. Yeah, it's, it's, it's very interesting. Yeah. Very challenging for sure, but it's a, it's a fun career. I'm going to have to pick your brain about that after the podcast. <laughs> 
What, so what, have you always been interested in technology? When did you get interested in tech? Wow. Um, not really. I mean, I remember taking a class, like maybe my last year of high school, which is like 1987 and just learning a little bit about computers. Um, and then didn't really, since I wanted to be a teacher, didn't really focus on any of that in, in school. And then the year before I graduated, which 1989, um, is the first time I sent an email and I was kind of pissed because <laughs> I just wanted to go to class and like get the information, but we yeah. had to use the email to <laughs> respond with the teacher to get the class. And I'm like, what, what is the point of this? Just write it on the board. Like we've always done. Right. Then it just, you know, like I said, I got married, I had my child and then kind of forgot about it and, um, didn't really get into it. And then until I got my own computer and, and then my son really kind of started teaching me a little bit more. So <laughs> that's cool. That's pretty cool. What about economics? Were you ever, did you ever get into economics big or no? No, mm -mm. no, I was, I was totally focused on, I was going to study babies and, um, you know, learn about their habits and behavioral sciences and all that fun stuff. And, um, <laughs> got sidetracked somewhere. And right. ended up here, so. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So now I have to hear the story about how you found Bitcoin and Litecoin, because if you weren't real interested in money, um, how, what's that story sound like? Yeah, so um, in 2015, my son was, he's a PhD candidate. He's still in school. He should be done one more year. <laughs> um, but he did his master thesis on Bitcoin and cryptocurrency. And so uh, when he came home that Christmas, I keep forgetting if it's, I think it was 2015. Yeah, it has to be 2015. When he came home, he um, had wanted me to watch this uh, documentary called The Rise and Rise of Bitcoin. And um, he wanted to explain it to me. And so we sat down together and, I, and that, I was fascinated. I just thought it was like, I was like, I don't understand this. We need, you know, to teach me more. Mm -hmm. So we sat down, he made a paper wallet with me. He sent me some Bitcoin and that's what really launched me into this amazing community that's <laughs> and, that's super cool that your son got you into it yeah and now so, he's like, i know more than him so. <laughs> <laughs> that was my next that was my next question have you like uh uh superseded his knowledge well i definitely kept up with it more since he's he moved on into um uh, cannabis policies. Okay. Um, so he, he still is very much into cryptocurrency and he's helping a project called Slips. I don't know if you've heard of this. It's relatively new, but it's basically gaming okay. um, and that you can use the coin to build your own fantasy team. So um, like kind of like fantasy football, but for gamers. And I thought that was kind of cool. Um, so he has a friend he's helping with that, but yeah, he, um, he definitely, uh, got me very interested and taught me a lot, but I, I kind of keep him up to date on some of the things. <laughs> that's cool that he's into gaming too. I think World of Warcraft was like, even before Bitcoin, maybe that's when people realized that like, you know, there was a desire for digital items. Yeah. You know, some of these digital funny. games. Yeah. When he got into this slips thing, he was just like, never in my life. I mean, he was playing video games. He's 29. He was playing online with friends. He's mm -hmm. like, never in my life would I think somebody would pay somebody to like bet on somebody playing a video game against another person so that's really fascinating <laughs> yeah he must have known he must know a, a lot about bit uh he must have known a lot even back then about like bitcoin and stuff to like know how to make a paper wallet though 
Yeah, he, he did. He actually knew about it when he was at Penn He went to Penn State too, of course. Oh, nice. Nice. <laughs> he knew about it, but, you know, he didn't know how to buy it. Um, he had a little bit of um, interest in it, and then he really started to get interested in it, and that's what led him to his thesis. So, Have you gone to any conferences together, or have you met him there at any of them? No, I'm actually hoping – Last year, he couldn't go to the Litecoin Summit. That was the first conference that I went to. Um, but this year, depending on where it is, um, I will be there again. And hopefully he and his wife, I don't know if his wife will really want to come, but he, she can <laughs> hang out with my husband. And <laughs> my you got to bring her into crypto next, I guess. And she's not interested. <laughs> <laughs> so how long after your son um, started teaching you about Bitcoin did you find Litecoin? Oh, I would say about a year after. Um, it was it was Coinbase. You know, I I had my my app and I saw Ethereum. That's the second one that I started to to try to understand. And then Litecoin was on there, and I was like, I don't know, it was like fifteen dollars, or I don't even know how much. It wasn't very much. I was like, all right, I'll get a couple of those because <laughs> it's not that much money. I yeah. I don't know anything about it, but. Um, and then I really dove into Ethereum and I, I was really fascinated, of course, through the whole ICO boom and all that kind of stuff. Um, I learned a lot about it and I'm in supply chain. So um, that intrigued me to, to do like smart contracts and how you can kind of take the middle person out and um, make my job easier. <laughs> nice. Yeah. That's what the whole space is for, in my opinion, make the world more efficient. Yeah, absolutely. So, but yeah, then there was just something about Litecoin that just really dragged me in and went down. Did you hear something that Charlie Lee like said there's, you know, he's given, a, I think a few speeches, but he does some interviews and stuff. How, what was that conversion? Like, uh, you seem to be more into Litecoin than anything else. Is that fair to say? Or Yeah. I mean, I think I'm more, I was, I'm really more into Bitcoin. Um, but Litecoin is like a close second or maybe okay. slightly, right? But if I did, I really got into Litecoin deeply in 2017 because um, I just thought like I wanted to spend the money, mm -hmm. you know? I'm like, what's the point of having this if you can't even use it? And I understand, I thought Bitcoin, well, Bitcoin is so promising and I don't really want to spend that, you know, right. because- it, that's like something that I want to hold on to. And so I started to try to find a place where I could spend the Litecoin. And that's when I met John Kim and John Moore online. And it just sort of spiraled out of control from there. So um, that's when I did that video at the at the festival and at my neighborhood. And I was able to buy sandwiches with the Litecoin. And I just really got involved with the community. And, and I think that's like really where my heart is. You know, I I love the people that are mm -hmm. in the Litecoin community and um, we all kind of somehow just found each other and, and it's really fascinating, but we all kind of had the same um, thought, you know, like, let's use this. Let's actually make another currency that you can take anywhere and you don't have to pay fees on it whenever you go to Europe and you can actually just use it like money. <laughs> so Right. Yeah. That's actually the second one that I got into too. So, or yeah, Litecoin was pretty, pretty close there. I, I, there was another one that I found back really early, and it was called Court Coin, 
I don't know if you ever heard of Corecoin, but it, it didn't last long. Like it still might be out there, but it, it, it I don't know whatever happened to Corecoin. It didn't. It yeah, didn't, uh, I never heard of that one. Yeah, but it, yeah, see, it's very interesting because Litecoin's been around since 2011. I mean, it's one of the very few that have like uh, made it through, you know, these uh, bull and bear markets like Bitcoin. Right. So it has the the staying power clearly and the the, um, the drive from the uh, community. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and it, it's funny that you bring up some of these coins because I started to dabble in the ICOs. <laughs> I started, like warning me, like, don't spend too much of your Bitcoin right. or your Ethereum on that. <laughs> right. So I, I wanted to learn about them. And, you know, I, I, I picked about eight different coins and just kind of read the papers. And, and I don't know, I just thought it was cool. Plus, I got to learn how to use an exchange. Because yeah. I was always in Coinbase and I was like, well, if I send some Ether to this exchange, then I can buy some of these other fantastic coins. <laughs> uh, a lot of people are like anti-ICO now, but I think that was like, like you did. I think that's like a good thing to like get out there and like learn more about like other projects and stuff. That's, that's, yeah. that, that fits into the next question. What do you think about all the toxicity today? You know, there's so many maximalists. What, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, it's, it's really upsetting because it's, I mean, isn't the whole point of cryptocurrency to pick what works for you? Right. Um, you know, you're not there to tell everybody else what to do. You're doing your own research. You're finding out what fascinates you. And maybe something that fascinates you doesn't have to fascinate everybody else. So I don't, I don't see why there has to be maximalist. But, um, you know, it's, it's terrible. You try to make people feel bad. I, my, you know, my partner at the meetup, Laura, is very... Mm -hmm big into digibyte and i didn't know much about it and then people will see me with like a t-shirt with digibyte on and be like that's a crap point you know I'm like Why yeah. not? that's not necessary yeah <laughs> like fine i mean don't be rude <laughs> i just wish people would let the tribalism die with the fiat you know it's like uh this is supposed to be all about the free market to me at least i i don't know if these people don't understand economics or what but the competition is good for uh, Bitcoin. You know, it's like well, these people what, have no reason to develop the project further if if everyone just says, you know, this is it. You know, it's like right. you only use one application on your phone. Like I would like to ask all these people that like there's so much more out there to be done. I, it's, it's weird. Yeah, absolutely. I agree. <laughs> so uh, what are your thoughts on the progress that has been made since the last uh, time we had a bull market? Do you think that we've made a lot of ground, made up, you know, uh, made a lot of moves in the, in the three years or whatever it was? Well, I'm not, you know, I know that there's a lot, there's still a lot of um, things like Mimblewimble and new kinds of things that have come up that I think are very interesting. I don't know that much about, and I'm, I'm ready to learn more about, I like that the price seems to be steady for Bitcoin. I, I mean, yeah, we have these huge jumps back and forth occasionally, but it's just nice to kind of see it growing slowly. Yeah. <laughs> and I think that gives people, maybe some people a little more comfort that wouldn't necessarily want to join in when you have these dramatic spikes. I mean, we went from what, 20 to 3,600 or something. I think it even got down to 3,100. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, my husband's just like, I don't even want to know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, don't worry. Don't worry. It'll be back, you know? So, right. um, but yeah, it, 
new things keep coming up and that's what keeps the projects fascinating for me. And mm -hmm. um, I just want to continue to learn. In fact, um, the David Burkett, who's working on Mimblewimble for Litecoin is coming to one of our meetups to present. So um, I'm really excited about that. And I think a lot of people will, will want to hear about that too. So yeah, I think I'm going to have to hit that one. I'm glad you let me know. Yeah, yeah. That's in April. I'll okay. <laughs> yeah, because that was my, you actually just jumped my, I, the next question was, what is your, what are your thoughts on the progress of Litecoin and Mimblewimble? So you, you nailed that. <laughs> well, now I read minds, apparently. Yeah. So. <laughs> I, I think, I, I'm really excited because I, I, I like Litecoin a lot, and I think it's like one of the best as far as like a medium of exchange, but I haven't been as passionate about it recently, so I, and I am really passionate about Mimblewimble and privacy, so I think this is like, a really big deal for Litecoin. I I think this is a you know a step in the right direction for them. Yeah, it has, it has more utility you know to the project. Absolutely, and I just I don't understand how they say you're going to have the option to use Mimblewimble or not. That's yeah. what I need to understand, and and hopefully there'll be some clarity in in that. Right. Yeah, I'm definitely I'm definitely interested to hear more about that. So I'd like to uh, make sure I get to that one or at least listen to it for sure. Uh, what you want to tell people when you have those meetups while we're on that topic? Sure. So, um, we meet the last Thursday of every month. We just started doing them August last year. Uh, but we've had a variety of people, including RL was our <laughs> January and very well attended too. It was great. Um, uh, we, uh, I put it up on meetup.com. I advertise it in any free newspaper that I can advertise um, on. Uh, we're trying to get more reach into the like Carnegie Mellon and University of Pittsburgh. And I think with David coming, we're going to try to do that at Pitt if possible. Nice. Um, yeah, so that way we can get some more students that, that are interested in these things to come. So we generally have them on the north side of Pittsburgh in um, a classroom setting, and that's why uh, we we want people to come in and present, ask questions, and then afterwards we go out and have fun. <laughs> yeah, when I got to speak, you, I was, you were nice enough to invite me to speak, and I spoke up there last month, and it was like, um, or I guess it was technically a month ago, but yeah. I, when I spoke and I was like, pretty shocked and all the like I, I think I answered like a half an hour questions after like that was the most attentive audience I, I've ever like seen I was I was like just shocked it was pretty cool to you know have all those people asking questions afterwards they're pretty passionate there there are and there are some people who come every time we have a gentleman that comes from Youngstown Ohio which is like an hour and a half and he's come regularly and his kids come his grown children <laughs> but mm. um he asks really good questions, Joe. Okay. <laughs> Trying to find out what RL stood for. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, that is, it, uh, yeah, I know Joe. Yeah, okay, yeah. He asked me. He asked me like fifty more over dinner. Yeah. Yeah. I remember yeah. Him. He's but a nice he, guy. He is, and he is truly interested in learning a lot. And I mean, it's great. We have people that are twenty some years old up to eighty years old that come and it's it's just been great. It's so nice to meet new people and to hear where their passions lie and um and it's just been so much fun. I, I love it. Absolutely. I, I hope I hope that uh you do get the universities uh you know involved somehow because that, that could be even bigger for like the people that are there, you know? Right, absolutely at the schools. I'm sure there's a lot more students today interested in blockchain and when I was still you know in college 
Yeah, I'm sure. Um, I think Carnegie Mellon does have a blockchain club. I don't know that, what that consists of. So, oh, nice. Um, it would be, it just would be nice to touch base and not only to have them come to our meetup, but for our, me and other people at our meetup to be, have other opportunities to look at different options too. You know, people might be talking more about Bitcoin specifically rather than all these other topics that we cover. So. Absolutely. I commend you for what you're doing with that. <laughs> yeah. So where do you see uh, shifting gears here? Where do you see the future of uh, Bitcoin and cryptos? Do you think that we're going to live in a world without fiat someday? Um, that's hard for me to imagine. I think that the paper money will eventually go away and it'll mostly be like Venmo or, or something like that. And hopefully that well, no, I do think that Bitcoin and Litecoin, that will be part of it. I don't know if the US dollar will ever really just completely go away. And if it mm -hmm. does, it probably will be a long time from now. Um, because if you're talking to, to college students and they're just learning about Bitcoin now, I don't know. I don't know what that curve is. Right. Sure. I kind of I think we're like, I don't know. I don't know if that'll ever happen like we wanted to. But I think we're going to take more and more of that. Uh, I think more and more money is going to flood into Bitcoin and, and uh, cryptocurrencies. Maybe, I, I could see a world definitely where it's like half and half. Or Bitcoin right. becomes I the world reserve. I, I, I think that's definitely going to happen where like uh, Bitcoin's like the world's money and, and the dollar loses. Like It might still have the world status you know, by the governments, but uh, really in, in, in reality, Bitcoin or you know, something else would be the... Uh, reserve currency what do you think that would be that would be amazing and i think that that um to have a, a global currency um that's what's really just the coolest thing to think about you know like that mm -hmm. everybody has the same opportunity and the same um buying power or you know it's it's just it opens up so many ideas and it opens up so many options for people and i i really hope that that happens i hope that it's an option for everyone um i, I like that india in south korea or right. you know the news this past week has been really exciting and yeah yeah since we're i mentioned we're recording this for posterity as well there's uh this the uh supreme court of india just released news yesterday or the day before that they're gonna they're the ban or whatever they're they're embracing crypto finally so that's 18% of the world's population that is uh, is now on board with crypto. And then today, South Korea, uh, also something similar happened there where they're now embracing crypto. So it's like all of these countries are figuring out that they can't, um, you know, they're going to fall by the wayside if they decide, you know, just to ban crypto altogether. Right. Absolutely. So what are your and predictions? Oh, yeah. Sorry. I didn't. Go ahead. You can finish your thought. No, that's okay. I just said, I just thought it's really cool. I mean, yeah. I think that South Koreans are, is it ICX or they're, they're, you know, it's not even really Bitcoin. I think it's like a particular other um, coin, but I don't know. I, every part of the world has their own, um, their thought process. And that's right. why more people that join in, uh, the better it's going to be. I, that is one thing. I've met a lot of good friends through you, by the way. Which, which is awesome. Um, but um, one being um, uh, Philip Kennedy with Kennedy Finance. And, but I've met so many cool people around the world. Like it's, 
I, I talk to people all over the world and I know I wouldn't talk to even one tenth of the percent of people I talk to if it wasn't for Bitcoin. Yeah. It's like in blockchain, it's like there is a desire throughout the entire world for, you know, uh, a new, a new form of money. And I, I think it's just like going to keep catching on like fire. It's, I, like, I, it's bringing us all together. It is. It really is. You hit the nail on the head. I mean, I talk to people in Australia, in England, in um, India, and I mean, it's just amazing the reach that we have and mm-hmm. and the commonalities that we have. And I think that we've lost that a lot. That we don't think that we have a lot in common anymore. People are always bickering about things, but that everybody just wants the same stuff at the end right. of the day. <laughs> so it's really cool that you meet people and and you go, hey, we are so much alike. Even if we have different thoughts, we are very much alike in certain ways. So. Right. The internet made the world a small play, uh, you know, a smaller playground, and now blockchain is making it even smaller. I feel like so. This is going to be uh, fun to watch. That what happens in this decade, which brings me to my next question here. What are your predictions for the next twenty four months? I'm talking like price and. Just basically everything. And then I want to know after that, I'll get to that next. But what do you think is going to happen? Because this is like the fun speculation part that, you know, I have to ask. Some people don't like to talk price, but I want to know. Where is Bitcoin going to go? Where is Litecoin going to be in 24 months? 24 months. Well, or at the, end of the, at the end of this bull cycle here. Uh, I think it's, that we're probably, that'll probably be like 20, uh, 21 months away. Okay. You actually, I have to give you credit for making me so bullish because I watch your <laughs> countdown every day on Twitter and you count down the days and you yeah. give the price. You always have a very positive, optimistic um, viewpoint, but I still see people with very negative kind of viewpoints. So it's nice to see Thank you. Um, yours. Yeah, I really look forward to it because I feel okay. comfort in it. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's all going to be okay. But, yeah, I'm um, calming everyone's nerves, hopefully. That's my goal with this. <laughs> Those tweets. I I think that oh, man. I would like to see six figures. I think that would be that would be my hope. That would just be like the coolest thing ever. I don't mm-hmm. think it's that. Personally, I don't think it's going to be a million dollars of Bitcoin. I can't wrap my head around that. <laughs> I can see. I mean, since we lived to the twenty thousands through the twenty thousands, mm-hmm. uh, obviously it has. It's going to hit that again. It's always gone up no matter what, it's gone past the all-time high. So I think that that's going to happen um, hopefully this year. I mean, that that would be fantastic. Uh, but I would say that we're, we have the potential, and this is all speculation because I don't know, but I would like to say six figures, 100,000 of Bitcoin would be pretty awesome. I don't think that's out of the realm of possibility. I don't. That's I think- why I like talking. <laughs> <laughs> yeah i'm like an eternal eternal bullish person i guess yeah. I, I think we're definitely gonna see uh well I was definitely there are no absolutes but i think there's a good chance we'll see fifty thousand. i think sixty five thousand is like where i think we're gonna go but i could see maybe if if everyone just loses their mind and like your grandma is buying bitcoin i could maybe see it's going to a hundred thousand i don't know if we're ready for that yet but it, it could happen we, i mean we still have 21 months like i said if i'm right about this yes. time frame so um what do you think like the next 10 years will um what's going to unravel do you think that uh we're going to be using crypto everywhere we go uh do you think it will be just like the government's going to completely embrace it or what, what do you think about that? Um, I think that the government will try to come up with something that competes 
with this, which I don't think, I mean, what's the point? It doesn't really matter mm -hmm. if it's USD currency, cryptocurrency, it's the same thing as holding your dollar, right? Mm -hmm. um, so I think they'll try to compete just like Libra was like, oh, this is such a great idea. Well, it's not, you know, it wasn't anything spectacular. It was just calling it like, Libra. <laughs> I don't know. Like it's like it's like airline miles to me. You know what I mean? It's just sort of like, well, this is this is fancy. We'll give you a couple Libras if you buy Starbucks or whatever. So, um, but I think in the next ten years, I I personally think I'll be spending Litecoin on whatever I want and shop with it. Um, I think Bitcoin will be available. I think other things will be available too. I think there'll be pluses and minuses to each of those. Um, but yeah, I mean, we already see people buying houses with Bitcoin or travel or yeah. things. So why not? And, and then you see things like Lolly and Fold App and Pi, or I'm sorry, Pay. Um, that introduces people. Like my sister's really not into it, but I was like, hey, sign up for this stuff. Just make it, you know, like just right. make it. And I'll put it in your wallet for you. We can learn about it together. But it opens up that conversation. And um I think things like that are going to continue to progress. I think that um, Speedin wallet that mm -hmm. Gemini or that um, Flexa HQ has, I think that's going to be really interesting to see where they're taking it. I don't know if you're familiar with that. I know which one you're talking about. I haven't yeah. used it personally. Yeah. I, I mean, I don't think that, that having, you know, these little gift cards in your app, I don't think that's what they set out to do. There's some mm -hmm. bigger picture that we don't right. know about yet. So I'm, yeah, I'm excited. I, I tend to agree with you. I think this is like these uh, like debit card, crypto cards and stuff. This is just like a stepping stone to like full, you know, blown. Um, everyone, you know, is using crypto. Like it's, they don't even think about it anymore, which is like how the internet, like you talked about earlier, like it was a pain to send an email. It was like such a, you were like, so you didn't even want to think about it. And there's people still like that. We're still really early in the blockchain space. And there's still a lot of people that are like, they don't even want to hear about it. Uh, you know, we don't think about that because we're so, in, I don't need, I, I'm so entrenched in it. It's like, I don't really know anyone like that I, or associate. I know people like that, but I don't associate with them. But there are people still out there that are scared. I had, I have a, um, uh, like people I work with that I'm close to, they know that I'm into this. Um, mm -hmm. I have a, a mug or a, like a tumbler, a coffee tumbler that has a Bitcoin sign on it. And somehow it came up and this manager came walking past my desk the other, you know, a couple months ago. And she's like, Bitcoin, you know, like I've come this far. I don't need to know anything about it. And, <laughs> here. and I was like, that's fine. That's more for me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Stay, uh, stay, uh, stay ignorant on it. You know, it's like, yeah. Um, it's like some people have such a bad attitude about stuff <laughs> we're, it, it's, it is revenge of the nerds in some ways though not that we're nerds but um i think that you know as we've seen already in the tech era it's like um the the nerdy tech geeks that really love current uh you know love technology and now crypto are like the ones that are going to be your boss here soon so maybe she got lucky she's oh, yeah. a little bit older and she doesn't have to worry about it i don't know i don't know how old she is but she better hope that like one of us aren't her boss in a few years. <laughs> yeah well hopefully, hopefully this crypto thing gets me off and doing something else and i'll be my own boss somewhere <laughs> there you go there you go That's my goal. <laughs> <laughs> yeah i'm sure you could come up with some uh, good crypto idea 
You probably already have it. Uh, maybe. <laughs> it's always right. something to talk about, you know? Yeah, well, when you're ready to share it with us, I'll have you back on. <laughs> okay. well, I appreciate your time today. Uh, that's all I had for this episode, but I wanted you to come on, and I hope you'll do it again sometime. Thank you. I absolutely will. It's always a pleasure talking with you. And um, I will be looking for your tweet tomorrow morning about how great Bitcoin is doing. <laughs> yeah, it'll be followed by this podcast or uh, it'll be before it. So thanks for coming on. Awesome. I'll say goodbye to you here in a second. Okay. Thanks. <laughs>